This is a new public service podcast brought to you in full by Hachi the Hack. Hachi the Hack probably gives a f- what you think. If you don't like it, then you can find another means of entertainment. Little did you know upon giving this a chance, you have just found the best thing about lockdown. Hachi the Hack is fed up with the media and government sh- and may well let rip. Anything else? I guess followed and enjoy the podcast. Hello there, troops and troopettes, and welcome to the magic... No, not the magic hour. That was a decade ago, before the zombie <laughs> apocalypse hit. Welcome, in fact, to my Corona podcast. I'm Hodgie the Hack, Stuart to my mum, and I've decided the best means of staying sane in this pandemic pandemonium is to talk some nonsense and just hope that folk listen. I'm obviously a journal to trade. Nobody's perfect. So there might be a bit of that shenanigans going on, talking about COVID-19, asking the questions that the real media shy away from. I think everybody's just had enough of the whole heavy, heavy, heavy all the time. So, I mean, I'm a journalist that can't handle watching the news anymore, so that tells you all. But also worth bearing in mind, I'm in a new relaxed place of calm. So we're going to blather about loads of different stuff and have a laugh to keep us sane in the madness. We've already heard laughs in the background. I'll introduce those voices in a minute. But a few wee things first off. I bleeped the intro, as you probably heard, but there's no danger of my doing that throughout the pod. So without turning into Father Jack, there may be some swearing from me and from guests. So ye stand warned. Drink. Fish. Girls, that would be an ecumenical matter. Also, I'll let you know at the start what kind of show it's going to be by comparing it to an alcoholic drink. Now, this is highly ironic, as I'm a teetotaler due to being an absolute zoomer in the bevy. Some weeks, it might be a pint of heavy or a pint of bitter, sometimes a nice sweet cider. Sometimes, a shot of something hackett like tequila. You're salty, ship me from my shelf. Or some buka, that's even bloody worse. Um, but this week, I'd say I'm expecting it to be like a fruity wine. A Tesco number. Other outlets to queue up outside for hours are available. So no lot of bucky or that. Like in a nice Tesco at Zinfandel. I know nothing about wine. Maybe that's the, the type it is. Remember, tonic does not imply health-giving or medicinal properties. But yes, you heard the voices lurking and laughing in the background. And just before I introduce them, it's worth telling you that we've each picked a song because uh, obviously I bumped the, the tune that I use for my Magic Hour radio show, as returning listeners will know, but I don't have the rights to play out any music on here. But what we've done is, for whatever streaming or playback service that you use, we've each picked a track after the show so that you've got some music to just put you in a good wee mood for firing on with the rest of your day or evening or whenever you're listening to this. But yes, episode one. And I've gone to the familiar well of Fitba. And I'm delighted to say that joining me, I've got two lads who aren't just contacts from the old contacts book, which is actually on an iPhone these days, or other devices, but I use an iPhone because I'm that type of wanker. Um, but these guys are both mates of mine for over a decade and more respectively. So first up, we have Three Tunes Lad and Clyde goalkeeper Davey Mitchell. How's it going, my man? Hi, good mate. How are you getting on? Ah, well, try to stay sane, <laughs> as, we, as, as is the intention of this podcast. Try to survive, eh? <laughs> One of them, mate. And arriving a bit late for recording, as he used to do in the box many moons ago now, is former Dundee <laughs> United hero and now Cowdenbeath assistant boss Craig Easton. How are you doing, Easty? I'm good, Hodgie. How's things, uh, mate? I've not, no, I've not got a nosebleed, though. <laughs> well, if you do, make sure you've got some hankies or something there, because we, we could be on a wee while here. Um, so, first off, lads, given that you used to be with Dundee, Davy, and obviously mm-hmm. were a tangerine terror... In, in your day, moment about that midfield day, I thought we'd talk a wee bit to kick off about just like, just about football in Dundee. Now, Dundee's one of these cities where I've, I've never actually been for any length of time. I've, I've only passed through it. 
But um, like my dad, who is a beacon of, of cultural knowledge, um, he tells me it's like a really cool place to cut a boot. Um, and it's one of those, you can have a really good night out, good crack with folk, but there's maybe a wee bit of an edge there that like you do get in some bits of Glasgow. What's Dundee like as a city, would you say? I, I, I was up here in Diggs. Uh, that's when I started coming up uh, to Dundee and I, I stayed in Diggs when I came up here. And I tell you what, the city has totally changed since then. I think I was Aye. back in 1996. Showing your age there, son. Well, exactly. But my wife's in so I need to watch what I'm saying here as well. But, um, <laughs> it's not, it, it, honestly, I, I really enjoy it here. It's, it, I didn't plan it, but I found my way back here. Oh, well, almost back here. I'm just across the water now in Fife. But, um, I mean, it's. It, I, I, I don't know about you, David, but I, I had a really good time up here. I, I enjoyed it. I, I was a bit different because I was living in Glasgow at things, so I was just travelling up and then mm-hmm. basically training and then boys wanted to with their families as well. By the time you get down the road, it was about four o'clock, so I didn't really get that much time to spend running about the city. I never went out uh, any night. Like, I never went any nights out when I was there, unfortunately. That's but why I, you're I, still I, alive, I, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what, one of them I'd say about, like, I mean, it's quite different for a football player when you're, when you're commuting to some, like, because um, a lot of football players do that kind of thing. It's one side of the game that the fans maybe don't think about. Like some some players are driving, especially like in the lower leagues in Scotland as well. Like sometimes two and three hours, just to just to actually mm-hmm. make sure that they're they're going to train and get into games or that kind of thing. Yeah. So I mean, is that yeah. side? I know you've moved back a bit more sort of local to, to where you grew up now. Is that is that something that you you're feeling has benefited you, particularly in the whole COVID nineteen culture that we're in at the moment? Ah, it definitely has. Because I mean we've been the kids have got bikes so what we do is I'm that close to my sister now that we just walk around to my sisters the kids go on their bike and we stand well away from their house but we stand and we can have a conversation mm-hmm. uh, for a quick 10 minutes you know what I mean and it makes all the difference the, the kids absolutely love them and uh, my big sister and her husband they, they absolutely they worship them so it's definitely helped that way being close to the family again like before all this happened, we've, we've got people here to help us now, whereas in Glasgow, we had absolutely nobody. So it was difficult. So no, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's definitely... I never thought I'd actually say this, but I did miss Ayrshire. <laughs> so I never actually thought I'd ever say that, but you do miss it. It, it can happen, mate. I stayed down in Norwich <laughs> and in Paris and in various metropolises, well, Europe-wide, no worldwide. And um, aye, Tatty Town, where I'm from, West Kilbride, is still very, very much home. <laughs> Um, I think it's a hard one. Audrey, see when um, players now are getting contracts, it's not they're, they're not good enough or they're not long enough for them to go and um, totally decamp and move their families. You don't know what's going Definitely. to happen six months, a year down the line. So it's a bit different than, than when I sort of got my contracts at Dundee United. And going back to it, it's funny, David, you're saying the boys, you know, you, you, you hardly see the city because you're travelling. We had, you know, Aye. when we were in Dig up here, the lads couldn't wait to get back down. I mean, I was from Airdrie. Um, some of the boys were like Coat Bridge and Paisley and stuff so they couldn't wait to get back down they hated Dundee couldn't wait to get back down right and the, the guys that couldn't wait to do that are now up here living settled with families does <laughs> 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 not make sense do you know what I mean so it isn't a, um, but, so, so it's not that bad a place and to be fair you're, you're saying you never went for a night out the Mardi Gras was a nightclub up here that we used to go to that's and, a brilliant um, name by the way it was, it was legendary. <laughs> um, sticky floor, um, cheesy tunes, um, and right. I met my wife there, so it was, it's got a lot to answer for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it was something I can kind of regret at the time, not having a night out in Dundee, because I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. The only thing that killed me was it was the travelling. It just really did. I struggled with that big time. Yeah. But it's something I wish I'd, I'd done, because I'd heard about a night out in Dundee was brilliant. It's something I wish I'd actually done now, but I, okay, n- never seen ever. I could still, still well, go. That, that, could, that could be the way that we celebrate this opening podcast, like sometime in the future when we're actually allowed out without a hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, maybe, maybe going to Mardi Gras, getting a few, getting a, well, in my case, an orange and lemonade, but you can drink uh, what you want. The problem is, though, right, it, it was such a small city, and it was like, honestly, they, they used to say it's a village, and um, we used to go, say if we were all out, um, we always used to go out in a big bunch, to be honest, and um, you would, it wouldn't even be half nine, and whoever the manager was at the time, or even Morris Malpass, senior player, <laughs> coach, could tell you everywhere you'd been by half past nine yeah. the morning. Is that how he lost all his hair? Because he was too busy <laughs> worrying about folk. <laughs> too busy worrying. Jim McLean would be phoning your digs at 10 o'clock to check you were in and stuff like that. So, it's just changed days, isn't it? Like, because you look at it uh, now and like, just the, the, the fact that that element isn't there. I remember a story about Alex Ferguson as well driving all night in a motor um, to find Lee Sharp and Ryan Giggs on a couch in this party. Uh-huh. And then he's like, right, you two get him. You know what I mean? Is that the one Giggsy was hiding a, was he not hiding in a, a cupboard? <laughs> <laughs> is that that one? I've heard, I, I, I've heard that one before. There's so many stories. Mad. You know, um, I mean, we could, we, we could be here all day. I do want to talk yeah. a wee bit about Dundee Derbies, because you played in one, David, didn't you? Like, did you know get... I came, I came on in one. I came on in one, it was, one. Aye, that's came on it was. One, it was, uh, it was kind of towards the end of the season, I'm sure. Um in the second half, we were absolutely cruising. It was 2-0 at the time. And then just one ball over the top. And Benny's just no got there at the time. One of the last man tackles. And uh, I just remember thinking, no, nah, not the day. I seen it coming, just like, <laughs> no, nah, not the day. Surely not the day. And then bang, it was off. So that was me. My debut in the SPL, debut wow. for Dundee. And it had a Dundee derby. And uh, I remember just thinking, I'm just going to take my time here and just try and kind of wind them up as much as I can now. Uh, because I remember their gaffer, uh, Pat Alainen, just absolutely losing the plot because I was obviously taking the piss. Um, <laughs> but I, the first thing I'd say was gone and it was a penalty. Oh, uh, wow. Unfortunately, I didn't save it, do you know what I mean? But uh, You get them penalties, like, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be. <laughs> I can't remember. I think the last one I saved last season for Falkirk was actually against Dob, uh, Stephen Dobby, he was obviously in flames at the time. Aye. So I think, Christ, man, I was like, no chance here, and I actually saved it. I was quite surprised. Nice. Because it's something that I don't, I, when I was younger, I was, I was brilliant at him, and then I don't, I'd, Christ knows what's happened. I've just went downhill for that. Head's gone, mate. Head's gone. Aye. That's it. You're done. Aye. No, that, I mean, that, I was just, save them that must have been like quite an occasion. How did you find the atmosphere, obviously? Because, I mean, that, oh, that, that's was, one of the biggest games you must have played. It was just. Ah, it's definitely up there. I think, if not, I'd probably say it is the biggest one I've, I've been involved in. It was just wild. Like, I remember even in the first half, we were doing like a warm-up. Tam Ritchie was like, like adamant that the goalies had to do like warm-up in the goals as well, which is a bit unheard of. But <laughs> I used to just do that anyway. And we scored at the time. And it was just a cup launch. And I don't know what it uh, was, but it was warm. <laughs> and me and Rory Lawyer me and Rory no definitely wasn't it Bovro no it was me and Bovro's Rory no Lawyer yellow standing, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're hiking 
surely that wasn't a cup of fish, man. Like, <laughs> it was just revol- I, don't, I don't know what it was, but it was just wild. And uh, and obviously, when you, you come on, it's you get into autopilot, don't you? But you still just hear the atmosphere. It's just unbelievable. Um, it's something I just I'll, I'll never forget. To be honest, is, is it one of the aims can kind of on the heartbeat sort of thing? Like, yeah, so they can let us no, know that day, no, no, <laughs> no. It was the longest night. I came on the sixty-fifth minute, and to there to the final whistle, it was a lifetime man. I just kept looking at that clock, and we're two-one holding on, and just getting absolutely battered. Um, and eventually, I think they scored like kind of last minute. Uh, but oh, it was the longest what, half hour of football I've ever played in my life. That's an unbelievable baptism, David, for you to go ah, in there in a derby. Not only it was, you're, you're in your first thing, you're facing a penalty, and you're just like, wow, you know, that's your derby. Ah, um, biggest game. Ah, it was. It was being involved in was, probably at that time. That was brilliant. It was mental because I mean. It's obviously Bainey was there and Bainey was doing well and he's the number one so I, in a way I had kind of no chance you know what I mean I, yeah. that was the only thing that was going to get me a chance was yeah. him getting sent off or God forbid him picking up an injury do you know what I mean um, so no it was, it was it was brilliant it was it was good to experience yeah. that from my, from my personal point of view anyway so cups of pish. That's quite a, an introduction to Dundee derbies. What about you, Easty? Um, when it, when it comes to it, like, I mean, you've obviously had quite a few big games um, in, in Scottish football before you went down south to, to play your trade. Um, any particular memories for, for for games against Dundee? Just like David said, the derbies are brilliant. I mean, you've got you sometimes get ten thousand, eleven thousand, maybe twelve thousand fans um, in the stadiums, and it's. Uh, and it's good because the derby, you know, because it's Dundee, Dundee United, it's it's just the football. You know, it's not like Celtic Rangers or all the rest of it that goes with that. It's yeah. just the football. Aye. And um, it's it's neighbours against each other. It's, yeah. there's, there's families against each other. You know what I mean? And, and they're all and mates as well. They're all mates. So mate, there's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, the kind of way to go into work to get, you know, if, you've, if they've won the game, uh, if United's won or Dundee's won to get one over on their mate or whoever it is. And, um, no, there's been some great games. Um, I think the record's not bad, right enough. But I just remember one that sticks out, and it was probably it was at Dens actually, and we won three two, um, and I scored as well, which obviously it, it doesn't happen very often. So that's nice. why it probably sticks out. <laughs> but Jim Walkman scored the winner, uh, big walkie, great lad, and he scored. And um, I remember that he slid into the advertising, he slid up to the advertising <laughs> board, and then just booted it down. You know, it was it like Kitspire. Aye, aye, aye. Um, and, he went, and we went mental. <laughs> just, uh, that, that, was, that was one of my favourite ones. Hello, I'm here to read the radio advert. My agent says I need to keep my name a secret, but I can tell Jan Widdicombe needs pumped. Right, no, okay. Make sure and listen to my Corona podcast. I mean, I mean it's no mine, but that's what you said to say. Make, make sure and subscribe on social channels. I, mean, I don't know what they are, I've only got normal Sky. Like Twitter and Facebook. Scudded in the face with a book, that's not for me either. But I get it followed, sign up and all that. Okay, thank you. Well, I'll probably ask this to both of you, but um, for yourself, first, East Who Who's the best player you've played with and the best player you've played against? So, well, I'll go with the best player I've played against. It's quite an easy one because it's Paul Gascoigne. Um, and I think we spoke about this before, but he was just unbelievable. You didn't know how to play against him. Um, if you get tight to him, he could roll you, great body strength, even though he wasn't the biggest. Um, 
if you let him, let him with a wee bit of time in the ball, give him a bit of time, he would drive at you, he could pick a pass, he could, he was incredible. So it was, he was really tough to play against. And, and, and I played against him when it was, I wasn't long into the first team and we played at Ibrox and uh, Gaza was playing and the first minute he's taking a touchdown the sideline and I thought, right, okay. Uh, and I've cleaned him. I've taken the ball but I've cleaned him out and I've bounced up as I thought, I'm only about 18, right? And I'm bounced up as I thought, hard as anything. And he's kind of bounced up and looking at me and he's laughing, right? So anyway, I done this. I got the ball the next time again, touch. And Gaza's come in, bang, done the exact same. I mean, I've bounced. <laughs> so I've done it. I've bounced up, right? And he, he's just winking at me going, all right, lad, that's one each. And to be fair, it was brilliant because we get battered 5-1 that day. And it was one of those, oh, man, you just were like, come on, no anymore. Uh, I think Negri scored five. Stuart McKinney and uh, Big Stephen Presley were bashing into each other. He was lobbing Seed Dyke. It was, it was unbelievable. Oh. But Gaza, to be fair to him, he kind of knew I was a young player and he was kept saying to me, just keep going, keep taking the ball, you're doing all right, lad, and that. And you know what? It was, it, it was just different class like that. But as a player... There's not many thought it would be like that. Especially somebody like a guy like him has done what he's done, man. I think, I think the thing about that. Gaza, that, that was the thing. Like Paul Gascoigne's a guy that's had loads of kind of problems away from fit, but it's, it's, it's one of the kind of common mm. things I've sort of looked at um, in my time as a journalist is like the, the kind of career after fit, but a lot of people struggle with mental health stuff and all that mm. after they leave the game. Gaza's one of the people that guy was born to play football the only place he's 100% at ease is on the football field and that's why he was such a a showman and just everything about it and I must admit he's to see what you're saying about that like just hammering each other early in the game I kind of miss like don't get me wrong I know football's gone as a means of protecting players and all that kind of thing but I miss that element of the game that's why for me the 90s is like the the peak era of football because it had the combination of like the the sort of foreign razzmatazz, the wee bit of money, yeah. like all of that kind of thing. But it was as much about the sort of the mental and physical battle as it yeah. was about the technical battle. Whereas football is now more a sport where the emphasis goes towards technique. Obviously, as you go down the pyramid, that changes. I mean, if yeah. you go down and watch West Coast Amis on a, a Saturday, <laughs> then it's, it's a different matter. But you, you, you uh, know what I mean? Like, was it was it Ron was it Ron Atkinson that used to call it the reducer, the first I tackle? Believe it was, aye. Uh, <laughs> you can't you can't have the reducer now. So um, no, no, it's taken out the game, and as you say, the, the physical aspect's totally taken out it now. But you've alluded to how he played the game, Hodgie. It was like see when you seen him in full flight running with the ball. Obviously, not great when it's against you, but mm-hmm. <laughs> watching, watching it, it was just. The way running that, you know what I'm saying? The chest out, the arms up. Aye. I mean, ah, it was brilliant. Is that nice? Oh, do you what's happening? Is that nice? Uh, it's not my end. Is that, is that your that's, end? That's at my end. You're running out for a squash. Get the mix-ups oh, in, that. mate. Get the mix-ups in. Wa- I need to watch what I'm doing, man. I need to watch the weight that, in that now. <laughs> that's, that's a good point, right? So, like, see, he's a football player with all this madness going on, right? We've all got our mandated exercise. Now, I'm a fat bastard, right? But I've actually found that I'm doing mere exercise because it's like you're only doing it once a day, so you're just desperate to get out the four walls, you know? Um, so, I'm actually doing a wee bit. But see, see, he's like a professional football player. 
albeit one that hides in goals, right? Um, <laughs> like, where that is, is there no a unique sort of kind of challenge at this point? Because it's all it's gone away from like the idea that you'll get your ass booted with the coaches, and um, you'll have your teammates gene up. It's now very much like it's down to the individual to kind of keep that going, keep that self discipline, keep that focus, all of that kind of stuff. So, how are you finding that, mate? It's it's hard, um, but I've I've always been alright that way. I, I always kind of look after myself, and I think I need to because of the injuries that I've had. Um, but I'm, I mean, I've I've got enough here that I can do. I've been doing a bit at my back door. Um, can I? What what have you been doing, like? I've got I've got stuff. So I've got rehab stuff that I still need to do for my knee uh, and my shoulder. So I've been doing a lot of that, and then funnily enough. As a goalie, I've actually been running, and I've, I, right, I, 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 I know that I don't like running. It's it, it doesn't benefit a goalie doing mad runs, but uh, no, that's something that I've kind of took up. And yeah. I've, I think was it a couple of days ago, I've actually just ordered a bike as well. Is that uh, how? How's the camaraderie with like, the boys in that? Like, I mean, these these kind of these keep on top of what each other's doing on like a WhatsApp or something, or like what's what's the kind of deal there? Hi, we've got a, we've got a couple of WhatsApp groups. Obviously, we've got one with just the boys, and then there's one with the management team as well. And we've had the we sports scientist that's been helping us, uh, Matty. He's been putting in a few things for us to do. And then you've also hit uh, Wee Murray, who's absolutely off his nut, posting videos every day <laughs> of him. Doing all sorts of weights at fifty odds, man. So you've obviously got all that that banter going as well. But um, I think right now we just the season is totally ended. I don't know. I think a lot of folk are just kind of taking that couple of weeks of doing nothing, which mm-hmm. you don't need. I think at the end of the season, they're just going to they're going to blow up into next the following season. So I think a lot of folk are just kind of trying to chill a wee bit now and then. Boys, it's different now. I think boys, everybody looks after themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not the thing now to go and just spend your summer getting absolutely pissed, no, man, and no. and eating what you want. I think there's you, you get a couple of weeks of doing that, and then you're just totally your your focus is back on the next season. Easty, for your perspective, so you've got like a group of lads that I don't know. Are, are you at the mm-hmm. stage where you're, you're you're keeping tabs on 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 what what we're doing? Are you setting anything for them? Like how, how how does that work for for your boys? Well, we need it. Well. To be honest, right at the start, like David said, we gave him a wee bit of time just to kind of, well, downtime. But I'm saying downtime, we said to him, do your own thing type thing. Because we've been kind of saying to them, you need to be careful with the furrow thing as well if you're putting people on furrow. So really the lads are left to their own devices mainly, but they know that they should be doing Well, we now that we've got the, the clarity that the, the season is, is not going to resume, from mm-hmm. their point of view, um, mm. it's kind of a wee bit slowed down a wee bit now. So we'll start talking about how, you know, when they need to be thinking about doing stuff, um, you know, for coming back. So at the moment, it's kind of like an off season. How how do you actually how do you actually do that? But like, how do you communicate? Um, well, it's tough because well, at the moment, it's just kind of WhatsApp stuff and that as well, and and phone calls, just mm-hmm. um, keeping keeping touch with lads, and it's, it's even just to. Like you alluded to before, even the mental health side of it, you know, you're you're, you're saying is the lads all right? Because it's, listen, at our level, football's part of it, but their right. jobs, their families, um, guys may be stuck in the house, guys may be trying to work from home with two kids, three kids, 
everybody's in different situations. They might be part time. They might be put on part time. I don't know. You know, there's all different scenarios. So it's even just keeping in touch with them just to see how they're, how they're getting on. That's the biggest part of them, I think. Well, I mean, you have got the boy David Cox here, and he's been Aye. quite vocal about like, yep. sort of the, the the mental health and even suicide and stuff in the mm-hmm. past. Um, so I mean, that is that that is an aspect of football. That, that there's a lot more focus on now, and it's something in, in this podcast that I'm definitely not just within FIFA, but but in a kind of wider sense, going to look at it in the weeks to come. Because I mean, see, at the start of this, I was absolutely fucked because I lost. I mean, when the football stopped, I obviously worked in sports journalism. When the football and the NBA and that stopped, I, I was done overnight. That was it. Like basically, sideline for six months with a cruise ship or nine months or however long it's going to be. Right? You know what I mean? Like done. Um, and I, I mean, I'm still waiting for whatever money I'm entitled to and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's a process, and it wasn't just that, but it was also the fact it wasn't just the, the no working, but like I was just humped for the perspective of like, what is going on here? Why is yeah. this happening? You know what I mean? Um, so I get away for a lot of folk as well, isn't it? Like, you can switch off the other things going on. Well, why that's true, but what's happened now is, and I know it's the the same for, for, for the kind of two of you a wee bit, is like you're, you're just, and, and other people in, in different sort of mm. facets of, of football and life, where like a lot of people, we've got to remember like all folk in that who, who have no yeah, yeah. and it's, it's obviously really sad to think about, but for a lot of people what they're doing is they're using this time to be with their family, because football yeah. is especially such a busy life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You don't get all of that. And and I think that's the that's the kind of thing here, um, to to bear in mind. So that is something I'm going to look at. No, but, the time to come. I think you've touched on it a wee bit as well, Hodge. That you know, and this is I'm looking at the time now, and it's coming up to three o'clock on a Saturday. And um, <laughs> that, that, you know, good point. And it and it and it's just doesn't even feel like a Saturday. You know, <laughs> you don't wake up with that butterfly buzz. Aye, aye. The, the wee buzz that it doesn't mean you're there. It's just the excitement, and then you yeah. you know you've you. you I, and my and you know, I'm not checking match prep. I'm not thinking about have I, have I sorted all the corners. Have I, have I you know looked at enough opposition footage? I'm not you know I'm not double checking stuff. It's it's just a weird, a weird sort of a weird time. But you also alluded to the fact that that can be you know some guys ninety minutes to switch off to normal mm-hmm. life, which it mm-hmm. is it totally is. See when you're training or you're playing football, whatever else is going on in your life is you don't even think about it. It's brilliant. Aye. It's brilliant. It's actually Aye. brilliant. And that's the biggest thing I miss for, you know, you know, not not playing anymore. But you know, you get it in a, a certain extent when you've been a coach. But I think what the guys are getting out of it is that this fitness, you know, that people are actually doing a wee bit more. They're, they're doing their runs, they're maybe having a wee challenge against their mates about the press up challenge or the you know the keep you up a challenge or something. And I, I think that you know, that's the thing that's maybe no substitute in football, but it's keeping people taking over. And I think the guys that are maybe struggling yeah. with that are, are maybe putting more into their self. And I think it's maybe not a bad thing that they're have, getting a wee bit more time to concentrate on their own well-being instead of mm. maybe, all right, I need, I'm doing my job. I'm back with family. I'm rushing to training. I'm back. Then I'm this. And then I've got the pressure on the Saturday, if you think about it that way, of the game until the game starts then. Do you know what I mean? So I think... Mm-hmm. In a wee bit of a, a good way, it's kind of 
maybe maybe helping some people. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think that, and another thing that strikes me is, see when it does actually come back, we're all just going to be so appreciative of everything, even like just the chance to get enough Aye. coffee with a mate. You know what I mean? Couple of pints, yeah. whatever. Like it's going to be one of them where everybody's going to, and I think a lot of the stuff that you just put off like indefinitely, I think folk are actually going to follow through with stuff. Even a lazy bastard Aye. like me, I'm going to do <laughs> what I need to, what I need to do to see folk and to to, to progress things or, or whatever. Mm. <laughs> so you're listening to a podcast, okay, this is normal, but have you signed up for it? It's available on all the normal podcast channels, also the host is crazy and cheeky as hell, so why not give him a follow on Twitter, at Hack and follow the podcast, at MyCoronaPod, you know you want to. So I, I want to talk about that Celtic game, mate, like, because obviously that was a big occasion, um, didn't go quite as good as the last time Clyde played Celtic, uh, for perspective. But um, there was no there was no do way to 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 wrap the the whole and no Roy Keane debut to no. how 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 was that for you? How was that different like, for normal games and stuff? And and just talk yeah. us through what because like that that's what it's like for, for for players that sort of load in the pyramid. That's like a once or twice if you're lucky in a career oh, type occasion. So so what was that like for you? Mate? It was just totally different. Um, and I remember at the time obviously trying not to treat it any differently because again at the same time it was just a game of fit wasn't it but um, mm-hmm. no it was just it was totally different you've got all the you get more media attention obviously because it's best, the best club in the country now um, and then you've got people messaging you for tickets that you've, you've maybe not heard to for a while <laughs> and, um, which is fine I've not got a problem with that and then but no it was it was brilliant it was, it was just Unbelievable. Uh, like you say, once in a lifetime, maybe for me, I'm, I'm 30 now, so I might not get a chance to do that again, play against Celtic. Um, I've been luck- lucky enough, I played against Rangers uh, a year ago with Stranraer, which was great. Um, but the Celtic game was brilliant. I mean, I'd, my two kids came out with me, as, uh, they were my mascots. So oh, amazing, mate. I walked out with them on, on TV, do you know what I mean? And that's just something that mm-hmm. I'll never really forget. And My wee girl, she... She's obviously more aware of it maybe than my wee boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, she was, as soon as we got drawn against Celtic, that was the first thing she'd done was get into school and tell all her classmates and none of them believed her. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. amazing, man. So, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, so, no, it was, it was brilliant. It was, it was great. It was a great occasion for everybody, not just me, the club, but the fans as well. Um, so, no, it was great. You get any, um, you get any key takeaways for, for what you've seen Celtic up close, like, um, any sort of wee stats or stories that we might not know, or like just just your opinion, maybe of some of the players or or whatever. Yeah, Scott Brown's just—I don't realise how good the guy is. He absolutely just breezed through the game, man. Um, just uh, it, it looked as if he could have played another two games after that. After he played those, to be fair, and that's um, despite his age as well. Exactly, and I remember just standing in the tunnel, and you could see him just the way you see him the way he was standing, like the confidence in him just. It just spread right through it, the whole the whole team. Um, aye, so it was impressive, very impressive. Did who did you who did you look up to um, as a goalkeeper? Uh, who did you think you know was was your sort of love that question? You know, when I was a wee boy, I'd, I'd, I'd see before I just love goalies. Eh? I'm a goalie, so <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as a wee boy, it was it was Peter Schmeichel. Was uh, before every game, I, I mean, I played boys club. I'd watch his video before every single game. Probably. I'd watch his video, <laughs> and uh, also I loved Lekovic, Kelly goalie. Right, really, really liked him. 
Um, You're good keeper, man. I, I don't know, because I was at the Scottish Cup final and we played Falkirk. And I think that was his, I'm sure that was his last game for Kelly. And, I, uh, he actually, I. I, I just, I, I loved the guy. I thought he was just brilliant. Um, but him, I'd say growing up, it was him and Schmeichel. And then as I got older, I kinda, it was more Casillas I looked to. He kind of... Yeah. He was, he, was, he was small, do you know what I mean? And I'm not the biggest, so I, I kind of looked up to him a lot. And just, I just like, I, I see it be fair, there's not many goalies I don't like. Um, I'm a big believer in the goalies union, so there's not <laughs> many I don't, I don't like. We've got to stick together. I, I know for a fact as well, like, I mean, we, we've kind of lived through um, what, what you might call a golden era, Scottish goalkeeper. We've had three goalkeepers Aye. that at any point have been the best in Britain at some point. Yeah. Um, and, and McGregor. Totally agree, uh, McGregor, Gordon and Marshall. So it's uh, they're obviously at the end of their cycle now. And I mean, mm-hmm. is there anyone that you, either of you, I'll put this to both of you, any, any goalkeeper that you would pick out and say, that's the guy I expect to be five years from now established Scotland number one, like the, the one that, that's maybe emerging. Um, I think there's a few. I, Liam Kelly's obviously done at QPR and doing well. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a great lad. I know Liam uh, well. Really, really nice lad. Great attitude. and um, Quite modern style of goalkeeping as well. I, I, I really, really like him as a goalie as well. I think he's got everything. Um, and then you've obviously got you've got Benny, who mm-hmm. I know he's obviously his big Fraser's came up and he's he had that injury and stuff. But Liam and, and Benny, I think, are the kind of two at the front now. Um, Try to think of jo- Jordan Archer's been sort of around the squad as well, like in and mm-hmm. and I think for time to time. But like I, I, I must admit, having that's probably the league I've, I've consumed the most in the last yeah. few years uh, is the English Championship, and I've never seen anything that's yeah. made me go, oh, you know, like I mean, mm. solid enough, but but no, never anything that's kind of made me go, wow. Young Ross doing as well. Aye. Uh, it's Celtic. I mean, he's been on loan at air the past couple of years. I think he's done really well. And then, obviously, the boy McCrory as well. It's the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I think all these boys have done all right. I think goalkeepers are a hard one anyway, isn't it? Because yeah, you, it is. you don't know when they're going to reach your peak. I think. I think later on in your skit, which is you know, maybe you'll agree with us, David, yourself. Um, mm-hmm. your, um, later on, I think you find yourself being more confident, being more. Um, Ruthless, I think. <laughs> Maybe ruthless. To, aye, in terms of wait, in terms of what ruthless? What do you mean in terms of? You just I'd, I think now I don't take as much shite as I used to. Right. Um, what do you mean? Maybe like you get. I thought you obviously you get kind of ding dongs with players like your own players and that and you know the stuff you don't agree with. But I think you just get. I, I feel now, especially because I've been injured, I just feel I'm a wee bit more. Ruthless, I don't accept things the same way yeah. I used to. Um, if somebody's maybe not doing something right, I'll, I'll not accept it, really. Um, yeah. I think you get more... I, I feel I've got more like that. I don't know if it's crab just... Crab it, basically. I, I'm, a, I'm a crab it. I'm as crab as they come, to be fair. But <laughs> you've probably summed it up. I think everybody at Clyde will probably agree with that. I'm a crab it bastard. But <laughs> yeah, I, think just, I think that's just on a Saturday, to be fair, when I'm, I'm, or during a game when I'm playing. Right, I, I, I can't. I can't vouch for the fact that you're only you're only crab it on the part, man. You're 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 <laughs> yeah, good, good, good value off it. Aye, um, aye. Now, see the other thing I'd say about you, Davy. Right? You're quite. I mean, I'm no mean to do you doing at all. You're quite mm. normal and well adjusted for a goalkeeper, mate. Like, 
Because they all the convention is that goalkeepers are fucking after nuts, right? Aye. But you're not. You don't seem to be. Um, I mean, I know we're well, actually maybe a good time to say uh, about you. Used to, I know you've worked with some mad keepers in the past. Like, who, who <laughs> is the the single craziest of the of the the custodians that you've worked with? Listen, David. I've never met David, but he sounds like you know he's very articulate on here and that. But I tell you what, there's some goalies that are just. <laughs> He's a strange breed, David. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to lie. He's a strange nah, breed. Nah. But um, it's it's a totally different position, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Although obviously you need to use your feet a lot more now. It's just absolutely mental. It's there's some like we were talking the other night, and it was um, big C dates that come up in the conversation, and um, you're talking about fitness levels. Well, I mean, Seb was a hundred kilos. I think that was him, his fighting weight. He might have tipped the skills a wee bit more than that as well. But um, I remember when he came back to pre-season, I was at Dundee United, and he came back down. Um, he came back, and, and the first day, we were, we were we started we started training, and we're, we're on a run. And, uh, we're not really on a run. We're actually just started, and Seb's going, oh, man, can't believe it. This is, this is really tough, guys. This is really tough. I'm, I'm not going to try and do a Dutch accent. But it's, 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 it's very tough, I is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Morris Malpass just turns around and goes, Seb, it's on with a fucking warm-up, big man. <laughs> and we dropped him in the warm-up, mate. We dropped him in the warm-up. And it was just, he just didn't. Uh, although, what a goalkeeper. What a goalkeeper. He would come, yeah. for, he'd come for anything. Uh, mm. One-handed. And, and if it... And, He'd come in, he was a wee bit of a showman, come with, for a one-handed catch. And I definitely, the showman thing's quite right. Because, yeah, yeah. like, I mean, I can remember, this was, this was when I was young, right, watching him in Scott Sport and that. He was like, a kind of Scottish Pagliuca to me. Like, and <laughs> he'd stone at the wrong side of the goal so as he could play the save for the cameras, you know what I mean? Like, I and, love that, love that camera save. Aye, aye, no, there was definitely that element and the big man well, you know what I mean? Hey, the porn star <laughs> I'm doing my best tribute to that the new actually, but um, I don't know if I'm quite in the quite in the same level as Big Dyke. <laughs> he was a big, a big huge Mexican. Um, and honestly it, it just I've been called that in my time as well. No the big huge part, but I mean <laughs> How? Like, how's that come about? I think it's only part of my Facial hair that grows is my moustache, man. So <laughs> it's ridiculous at times. So I think it was big. It was uh, James. It was Gary Harkins at Dundee. Yeah. Uh, used to call me Old El Paso, Old El Davy. <laughs> so uh, that was that was one of the ones I had at, at Dundee. That was thanks to James. That was a good one. <laughs> so what's, what's, what's the maddest thing you can tell us about Seb Dykstra then, Easter? Uh, well. Uh, He's just his gear and everything. He used to come in with like, <laughs> Mighty Ducks t-shirts on, uh, Budweiser t-shirts, Coca-Cola, uh, three three t-shirts on that, and he would just come in, wouldn't care. Um, and then I remember one time, I, I think his wife Rosanna was like his agent as well, and uh, she was she, she came up with a baby, and she was walking around the training pitch, and she brought a couple of goals in, and she was standing behind the goals, giving them absolute pelters. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and me, Tom was just—I think it was Tommy McLean at the time—and he's just laughing. And Steve's just—I he, think he's actually taking it on board. <laughs> and, and, uh, but it uh, was just—it was brilliant value. He used to tell you his brother was in a gang. 
called the Fast Eagles. <laughs> well, we spoke yeah. about this actually, and you thought it was a load of shit, right? But as soon as I said, as soon as I said Rotterdam, right? I know for a fact there's quite a few bike gangs in Rotterdam and Holland, Christ so sir. there might be some credence <laughs> his, his bullshit or seemingly bullshit well, story. He was, he was, he used to say to me, he used to, my brother's coming over, and uh, but you know he's in a gang. He's I hope he brings his jacket. I'm going, what do you mean he hope he, hope he brings his jacket? He's like, oh, he's in the Fast Eagles. I'm going, that's not, that's not the real name of our guy. Come on, see. And um, oh, you need, well, I don't know. I've not even, not even checked. But he would just be, t- he just, absolute nonsense stories. But like you say, the problem with that much nonsense is that there's, there's a few true ones in there as well. No, there's a mission for you, Hodge. Gonzo journalism, join a Dutch aye. bike gang. I think I, I might be beyond the age where I could <laughs> survive that kind of thing. But uh, if you want me to go full Hunter Esh Thompson, then um, <laughs> I, might, I might get a bash. Are you trying to tell me you've listened to all these bloody adverts and you've still not signed up yet? Well, get on it, you lazy little sod. You know where it is on Twitter and Facebook, so get cracking on there, will you? What about you, Davey? Who's the maddest bastard you've ever played with? Um, I've played with a few, but I, I think the, the school bride boys that, that were that were with us at Stranraer. Right, um, na- na- are right, name and shame. Are right up there. Um, the first two that, that were at Stranraer with me was Sean Winter and Craig Malcolm, um, and then later right. on Barry Russell joined and Jamie Longworth. I mean, Jamie Longworth maybe the kind of I thought I'd say the, the smart one of the group, but he's more like reserved and chilled. Um, but they were just mad, uh, especially on a night out, Malky and Sean. I mean, just you would never see them for the full night. You would, they would, I think you would spend about an hour, <laughs> an hour and a half with them at the most. Um, and that's including the bus journey for Stranraer to Glasgow. So, but they just getting punted early doors. I, I just, I. They would get a quick warning, and then as soon as that warning, they were out, basically. Um, they, they were harmless, though, do you know what I mean? It was never anything. They never, ever went fighting with anybody or anything like that. It was, they, would, they just liked a good time. And, uh, crack, four, of the, four of the best guys I've met in football, honestly. Four of them are brilliant. Um, but honestly, the one that just sticks out in my mind, we were, it was fancy dress. And um, I don't even know why it was fancy dress, but I can't remember which wee Sean was dressed up as, but Malky was dressed as Spongebob. <laughs> so we obviously drinking the bus on the way down and I that everybody's pretty far on, but they're well far on. Um, <laughs> and we get into campus and the, the first thing I see, I look at a table and there's Spongebob dancing on a table with a couple of bouncers running about the table and the barmaids and that, try to get them down. So there you go, there's your first warning. Uh, must have been about five minutes later, I'm standing at the bar and I've just turned around and just see this wee waitress bouncing along the crowd above everybody, just bobbing along and it's Sean, uh, Sean and Malky's got her on their, on their shoulders um, and that was him, that was him gone and I think one of the boys, I think it was one of the boys' mates or something like that, came in and met us at the pub and he says, uh, i just seen Spongebob running up and down Socky Hall Street. Is that one of yours? <laughs> and I was like, aye, that, that's Malky. So that was, that, that, that was just them. Every night out, you, you never include, no, you, you, get, you used to get a table for the, the nightclub so you were all kind of, you were kept together so it needed to be split up. But you would never include them in the numbers for the table because you just <laughs> knew they weren't making it. You just knew they were made it to the nightclub, but no, they were brilliant. They were great in a night out and that for the length of time you spent with them. Um, like I said, they were harmless. They just, they were just daft. 
But uh, no, four of the best guys I've met, honestly. Brilliant. Cracking. You get any good night out stories that are, are good for the uh, public consumption, Easty? <laughs> I, I think it's just funny when you're, you're, you're talking about the... Uh, some great fancy dresses. Uh, I remember in Manchester we were with Swindon. They went, we all went to superheroes, and um, we just caused carnage. We kept. Who were you? The uh, I was a thing. I was a thing. Interesting. And, um, Good I, choice, I, mate. Bit I, of imagination in there. Well, I knew people were going to go Captain America, but actually ended up no one ended up. There was no doublers, so we ended up um, keeping pressing. I can't remember what the cross he's called, but there's. Deansgate Cross it might be and it's like one of the busiest bits so we just kept pressing the lights and every time the lights <laughs> went we'd just go and have a rumble in the middle of this cross <laughs> and, uh, or the superhero so you'd have, you'd have Batman he's got cut in the throat and then you know you've got the Hulk I mean, me and the Hulk are having a scrap you know <laughs> the next time you know there's two there's two, uh, there's two police horses going guys come on you've done it, you've done it for 20 minutes you <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? It was all right, and it was good crack. So nah, it was good laugh. Cool. Well, it was like us. We were in. Was it Dublin? We were in Christmas Day with Clyde boys, and the we done fancy dress, but you picked your name out of a hat, and uh, I get. I, I can't believe it. I, I, it was bound to happen, but I get the worst person ever to pick me. Ali Love, get a reputation for buying people the best stuff. <laughs> uh, honestly, man. It, Tony Wallace as well was dressed wee leather hot pants and the tiniest wee leather top because the big man loves his body, doesn't he? So he was quite <laughs> happy. But we were all walking hmm. through Dublin. Like, we hardly any clothes on. I had, like, fishnet tights on, a fishnet top, nice. and ballerinas tutu and a wig and, like, Elton John glasses or something, man. You looked like, lovely, darling. Honestly, see the looks we were getting. It's brilliant. And then as the day goes on, you're obviously sitting... Me, Scott, I think there's a couple of Scott Rumsby and uh, we barricade here. We were standing in McDonald's, no standing, we were staggering in McDonald's, forgetting that we were obviously dressed up like absolute clowns waiting in a burger, just oblivious to everybody looking at us and just talking about us. But no, brilliant, <laughs> man. Christmas night out to the one. They're yeah. brilliant. Nice one. Right, listen, um, I, I did set you guys a task before we came on today, which was uh, to come up with a tune. It'll help us play out the show. So, um, in order, um, I'll let us, I'll let us each say what our tune was. Um, I'll let you go first, Easty. Well, I went for this one. It's um, "Give a Little Love" by Proud Mary, and it's it's an old one. It's an old tune, um, but I just felt because the situations we're in, and I think one of the lines is, "You give a little love, you get you get a lot, you get a bit of love back too." And I just think I'm being a wee bit sloppy here, but I just think in this time. There's, there's nothing wrong with that sentiment. Excellent, totally agree. Um, what about yourself, Davy? Oh, just I, I don't even know what to pick. To be fair, but I picked the uh, the Eagles. Take it easy. It's just nice, easy going nice. tune into Just nice. chills, mate. I actually think this is going to be um, what I can. Uh, it's probably going to sum up each of your characters. Having <laughs> a little love, you're taking. It easy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm burning down the house with Tom Jones. <laughs> 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 Um, so I definitely right. psychologists in years to come um, right. will probably look into this and they'll be like aye so that's how he ended up the way um, <laughs> now excellent well listen that's all for the first episode of my Corona podcast troops and troopettes thank you for getting back on the Hodgie the Hack bandwagon cheers for giving it a whirl and I hope that wee glass of fruity wine that I mentioned went down a treat for you do you think we, do you think we achieved that lads we managed to, to make it fruity enough for, for consumption 
Aye, it was. If it was um, David's uh, fancy dress. Aye. Are you a bit cheeky? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we might have, we might add a couple of a wee cocktail on the side. Plus, we've been on that long. It's probably made a wine in a glass. Um, but right for anyone that's listening, if you want to keep on top of my Corona podcast, then you can sign up on all podcast platforms, and that will make sure you get fresh episodes delivered each week straight to your phone or your listening device. Also, get in about it on social media, um, and same with you guys. Plug it as much as you can if you can if you want for me. Um, it's on at my Corona Pod on Twitter, just and and Facebook. Just search for the My Corona Podcast. Um, we story about that actually. I've still left the the um, and the the My Corona Podcast. It should be just My Corona Podcast, but Facebook, even though they're obviously watching everything you do and stuff, like they, they don't actually let you change the name more than once in either a, a one month or a three month period. So they're on my naughty list at the moment. Anyway, that's enough for me. Thanks to Davy. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having us on. Enjoyed uh, that. Excellent. Thanks to Easty. <laughs> thanks, all, Jules. A pleasure, mate. Aye, never a chore, my man. And thanks to you <laughs> all for listening. Stay safe and stay sane. Now, get those tunes playing. <laughs>